Hi and hello watch fans. Welcome to the Real Time Show. This is Aloma Joseph and I'm very happy and honored that I'm sitting in a studio in Amsterdam with my friend Cedric Bellon next to me. So this is another episode we recorded face to face. Cedric, welcome. Thank you, Alan. I'm very happy and honored also to be here. And uh, I already enjoyed uh, this trip. We had a lot of fun for the next, uh, the past two days. So thank you. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for coming. So we actually, this is day three. We've been uh, hanging out. I already upfront apologize to our dear listeners that it might turn very philosophical on this <laughs> recording because we've been having amazing talks, brainstorm sessions, creative sessions, uh, philosophical discussions and conversations. So I will do my best to boil it down back to the basics. So we need to take some gears down on our levels of talking. Um, we have so much to discuss. First and foremost, Cedric, congratulations on finally setting up your brand because you've been designing amazing watches for over 20 years. And we're going to discuss the majority of the brands. Almost 20 years. <laughs> almost. almost. Um, and two years ago, you were the first designer and watch maker in the sense that you became a brand, a watch brand, Cedric Bellon Watches on the Watch Angels platform. We also... Uh, spoke to the co-founder of Watch Angels, Guido Benedini. I think that episode aired before this one, but we recorded it one day after the other because we hung out with Guido as well in Amsterdam. Um, how has it been the journey the last two years setting up your own brand and literally stepping out of the limelight? <laughs> uh, stepping into the limelight, I'm sorry. <laughs> out of the, uh, out of the, uh, behind the curtains. Um, it was, it was intense, in fact, and it, it's still intense, um, because I, I had to, uh, decide to, uh, leave the comfort of the shadow to be in front of the scene. Um, and I'm not used to do that at all. I'm more a back office, uh, guy than a front office one. And uh, the the other big challenge for me was not a watchmaking topic, but uh, it was social media, and um, uh, it's it's quite new for me. I uh, <laughs> when I listen to me uh, talking, I think uh, I am something like a dinosaur, I, you know. <laughs> but let's say, um, <clears throat> except these two big challenge, uh, the motivating part was to. Uh, take people uh, like-minded uh, to question the watch industry and to make it more sustainable. In many ways, uh, all the processes we use, the energy uh, we use, the tooling we uh, we are involving in the processes, and um, of course chemicals and things like this. So it was a complex topic, and uh, first of all, a cultural shock. Uh, to um, to promote in an industry which is an old lady, and um, well, that was 
that were uh, pretty much the the main topics of this uh, of this journey and it's only the beginning we have plenty of uh, ideas plenty of designs and um, plenty of opportunities to collab for example we'll see what uh, what will be the next uh, the next steps but uh, i'm very excited to to tell you that we have a lot of material uh, intellectual and uh, passion material to to show and to to rise amazing I, I, I have been privileged enough to have a little inside scoop. So I can promise you guys keep an eye on it. For those that like to scroll and browse while listening to this episode, some of our listeners do that on the go. And while they sit behind the computer or on their mobile screen, um, Cedric Bellon is spelled C-E-D-R-I-C-B-E-L-L-O-N. Yes. You can find him on Instagram, which is his first name, last name plus watches, which is spelled at... Cedric Bellon Watches, C-E-D-R-I-C-B-E-L-L-O-N-W-A-T-C-H-E-S. Um, although he has a website, um, which is from his original design business, which is called Bellon and Partners, which is bellon-partners.com, you don't really refer to that website. It's not really related to no, your brand. And if you want to find out the watches Cedric designed, maybe you've listened to the episode with Guido Benedini from Watch Angels. If you haven't, please go to www.watchangels.ch. That's W-A-T-C-H-A-N-G-E-L-S dot C-H. Um, Cedric, before we dive into the sustainability how you started with watch chains and, and, and actually launching your first own watch. You're 46. Yes, I am. You're French. Yes. Father of amazing twins. Mm-hmm. Please share your journey in, in, in up until <clears throat> today, privately, but also in the watch industry. Well, um, where can I start? When can I start? Um, Actually, um, when I started my study, I, I, I wanted to become a geologist, as I told you, uh, because I was keen on sciences. But soon in uh, the university, I was bored by the, the system of uh, teaching, you know. So uh, it was not creative enough. I decided, decided to leave after two years um, to um, link uh, back to my uh, some of my first passions, so drawings and uh, creativity in general, and uh, I um, so I um, I started the school of design uh, in France on the west coast, the school of design of Nantes, and after five years, uh, um, I started to work in a in a small agency in the Parisian uh, area. Then um, I had a surgery uh, on my back, so I was very dependent for months uh, of my family. And I decided, I always felt that jewelry and watches were interesting uh, items and fascinating uh, materials, finishes, and and all this very um, detailed world with marvels. So I just started to read about watches and jewelry but uh, it was I, I had to say uh, i have to say that I, I fell in love with watches first so i decided during my uh, recovering period to uh, work on um, uh, concept watches 
uh, I was completely naive about uh, Technic, uh, about uh, watchmaking, I mean, the wheels, uh, the pinions and things like this. So I was free to imagine a lot of things, of crazy things, and I started like this. I offered, uh, I called uh, brands simply like that, uh, and I offered them to have a look on my uh, portfolio. Um Fortunately, it uh, it worked not immediately at the beginning because I started to feed myself with uh, to 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 live. I mean, daily uh, to design uh, uh, displays for watches and jewels, and then um, suddenly Bell and Ross, uh, and almost in the same time, Tag Heuer gave me very small projects to try uh, because the my portfolio was uh, at the beginning very uh, crazy. Uh, the the watches were totally crazy, and then I also worked on very classical uh, watches concept, just to show that I understand that we cannot do anything we want. So they uh, they gave me uh, the the opportunity to try, to try real uh, design topics for watches, and um, and uh, well that's when I started really. Sorry. No, no, please. Um, that's amazing because I've heard you say about these crazy first concepts. Is there anywhere online we can find those initial? No, 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 no. I never, um, I, I don't even know where they are. Probably somewhere in my computer, because uh, the the I was starting the 3D. I was not able to render, you know, to mm -hmm. make the CGI pictures. So it was a, a kind of uh, mashup with photoshopping, uh, 3D uh, screenshots, and things like this. So it was very, uh, very raw, in fact. But. Actually, the pictures were uh, talking by themselves, so uh, it was enough to uh, to show that. Uh, well, I think at that time, um, brands uh, found that uh, I, I had fresh eyes, you know, a fresh point of view about watches. And by the way, a lot of them told me that it was impossible to make a lot of things, uh, technically uh, speaking. And 10, 12 years after that, uh, I. Um, I could say that almost all the things, the crazy things that people uh, thought at first it was not possible to make, uh, were made by uh, people like uh, BNB at that time, by uh, MBNF also, by uh, you know people like this. Um, so I, I'll show you it to you. I would love to. And I'm even going to push you more out of your comfort zone. I'm going to ask our listeners to do some voting or some nudging or some pushing to send either us a DM or an email or you directly <laughs> to vote if they want them for you to upload them on your Instagram. So <laughs> guys, help me here. Let's push and nudge Cedric because he's very modest and nice and, and sweet and, 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 and he, he's so discreet that I think we need to push him out of his comfort zone. I would love to see those. Um, Cedric, would you say back then and today your signature of style of designing is the same? And if so, what is it? I don't think I have a signature. Um, probably the best asset for a designer uh, is to fit the, the mindset, the, the brand style, if the, the brand mm -hmm. has a style. Mm -hmm. um, it, I think it's, it's always rewarding when you can... Um, 
when you can feel or when someone tells you, well, I think you probably designed this watch because they recognize something. I don't know if the, 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 the cleanest lines uh, possible or the, the, um, the proportions, I don't know, something that uh, catch their eyes. Uh, so it's always rewarding for the ego, you know, mm -hmm. but, uh, um, I'm not, um, I'm not linked. Uh, I don't feel like, um, I own uh, the, the design I make for the others because I simply, when I do my job and my client is uh, happy with it, it's okay for me. I don't feel, um, like I would, uh, deserve to be, uh, uh, um, to be, um, Um, that my name has to appear on the on the on yeah. the work I did for the brand or for the the, the people. Yeah. So uh, I can't tell that I have uh, my own style or my own uh, but signature. You, but you do now with your own brand, which we'll come to later, because um, I want to hold on to that evolution of yours. So you mentioned Belarus and Tekoy. Yes. I do know that still today you continuously from that moment till today work for Belarus. Yes. You still do? Yes, absolutely. I know some brands you can't mention. May I ask you to list me some other brands that you have worked for or still work for today? Well, um, one of my very first clients was also Longines. Mm -hmm. It was a nice time. It was uh, 17 years ago, almost. And uh, it was interesting to see uh, such a big brand because at that time, it's still a big brand. At that time, it was uh, something crazy. And uh, we worked to, <clears throat> you know, Longines was very famous at that time for the elegance and attitude, mm -hmm. very famous um, uh, motto. And um, we worked uh, to develop the more sports uh, watches uh, in the brand. I don't think it was... It, Some of the, the, the watches are still uh, available today, so they, the designs apparently... Uh, so could, could we mention well. models? Is that allowed? I'm not even, I, I don't even know the name of the I model. I think it was Conquest yeah. then. Conquest, yes, yeah. yes. So um, the, the, the brief was uh, not that complicated and uh, there was many, many watches, different watches. I think this one is the only one uh, which is still uh, in the collection. I worked also a lot for the MGI uh, group. Yeah, so, so the Movado group, you Movado, mean? Movado, yeah. exactly. Movado, the brand, a little mm -hmm. bit. Able. And uh, Concord was as well. Amazing. Concord, uh, during two different eras, the Vincent Peria uh, <laughs> era with crazy watches, uh, crazy tourbillon watches, for example. Did for you work on the C1? Yes, not the first edition, the second one with the two axis tourbillon. Amazing. And um, and also on cl more classical watches. Uh, I worked for uh, small brands like uh, the the fifth, which is uh, an Australian brand, uh, entry level uh, brand. Um, what else? I don't remember all the the brands I worked for. I'm What still about Frédéric Constant. Frédéric Constant, of course. Alpina. Yeah, yeah, and Alpina a lot. Uh, French houses. French <laughs> Yes, Hermès. Um, I worked with Hermes for many years, but I was more working for um, pushing some concepts uh, uh, and then they develop uh, the ideas uh, in-house. 
I worked also for a very famous brand of the Vendôme uh, place in Paris, uh, which is used to make some ceramic watches. So <laughs> it was it was really a journey with them because I discovered many fascinating things and especially um, gem settings uh, watches, which I was absolutely not keen about, but. Um, uh, keen on, sorry, but uh, I have to say that I had the opportunity to visit the workshop of uh, gem settings, and it was mind blowing. So beautiful colors, things, reflections, you know, techniques, uh, tools, and uh, and know how. So that's pretty it. Uh, I know I also worked a little bit uh, on uh, aircraft seats. Okay, that was funny. It's it was over than twenty years ago now. Well, and, uh, and until now, um, two years ago, watch angel, the Watch Angels, they offered me to be the first uh, project of the, their new uh, project. So this uh, crowd manufacturing platform, um, I think Guido told more in better words what is it, uh, what it is exactly. So... <clears throat> I know that uh, we met already um, years ago with Guido and uh, I talked uh, already 17 years ago about how to make a more sustainable watch. And he remembered that. And at that time, it was impossible to convince uh, the supply chain or even the brands or the group because luxury and the watch industry in general didn't care about environmental topics. So it was too hard to develop that kind of project. But now, you know, uh, people, the public also is, is more aware of certain things. Uh, they're more educated about uh, pollution, environment, about energy, about a lot of things. So it's easier to start that kind of project. But it, it's still very hard to convince uh, the, the suppliers to question their practices, to question their processes. Um, both the machining part, uh, which um, needs a lot of energy, and the chemical part, uh, which needs a lot of pollution, in fact. So we we started to, from scratch, in fact, to question the whole process of creating a watch and producing it until the the, the retail. Um, and the the very first thing we we thought it was that uh, the design and the technical design was the first uh, sustainable uh, mindset to have. Uh, for example, um, the um, watch angels they are um, um, cases manufacturer. So I simply asked them uh, if it was possible for them to produce uh, watches with first with 100% uh, recycled stainless steel. And then if if we would um, be okay to produce also dials, because they are not dial makers. So it was a big challenge because uh, I asked them to use the same tooling to produce dials out of this material. Um, they... For a few weeks, they 
tested they tested it um and in the end well we they met some different problems because stainless steel is not brass uh like uh, um, classical dials uh it's it can bend you know because of the machining of the finishes and things like this so the 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 material was quite new uh at that scale at that uh, thin um uh, scale to 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 work on but in the end they they did it they they really did it so um we pushed every single detail of the development of the design and of the production that way to make the most possible uh sustainable uh watch amazing so for our listeners that maybe never heard of watch angels maybe you didn't hear the episode on the real time show with Guido Benedini the co-founder of Watch Angels in a quick summary Watch Angels is a hybrid new way in the watch industry founded 2 years ago by Guido Benedini a veteran in industry has a track record also with Longini Frederic Constant so you know where Cedric and him worked together and became friends um the idea is to create a community of both collectors that can become angels, let's call it angel investors, that can get early on board of a project. It uses crowd-funded methodology. So new brands and designers can come to Watch Angels and basically Watch Angels does almost A to Z. You would have liked them to do 100% of the marketing but obviously, <laughs> collectors want to hear from the creators and the brands themselves. So it is co-branding. And um, basically, from A to Z, the angels, the members of Watch Angels can have a say, can have a vote. The earlier you get on board, the more discount you get off the RRP price of the watch. So that's the quick summary, if I didn't forget anything. Now, you leapfrogged a bit about the sustainability as if it's something simple. <clears throat> Guido told on the episode I recorded with him that you were the first ever to make a wristwatch with 100% recycled steel. And I asked Guido, how the heck has nobody ever done that before? <clears throat> so that's very cool, guys. So the CB01 is a skin diver's watch. Check it on uh, Instagram or Google it or watchangels.ch. Um, it's an amazing watch. It's less is more. It's a bit form false function. Everything that Cedric does is taking sustainability into account. And we discussed in length that Cedric developed his own methodology to quantify how sustainable his watch is because 100% is impossible. He's very transparent, very open. Although he's 46, he behaves like millennials and Gen Z. So, sustain, so transparency and sustainability is everything for him. So he wants less parts, less processes, no chemicals, if possible. So whatever he does, it's literally form follows function because the function is sustainability for him. Now, Cedric, if Watch Angels would have told you, it's a pipe dream you have. Who the hell can produce an 87% sustainable watch? And they would have told you, 
we can only reach 40%. Because for our listeners, that 87.59% mounts to 2.3 times more sustainable than the average Swiss watch made. That's how they quantified it. And you can really see an extensive report on watchangels.ch. They publish it full transparent and per watch that Cedric launches, which he did now three. And I'm honored to be part of the third one because we did a collab with Ace Jewelers um, on his second platform, which is the CBO1 GMT. Every watch gets its separate report. Mm-hmm. Now, Cedric, if watch angels would have told you we can only do 40%, would you have done it? And yes, for sure, but uh, not the, the eight eighty-seven percent. No, if they were no. told you, no, eighty percent impossible. We can only reach forty, so a bit more than the Swiss industry. Would you've done it? You have to start somewhere. You know, I knew that the project would probably not be perfect for mm-hmm. sure because mm-hmm. nothing is. Um, we didn't have any uh, digit in mind. Just because we didn't have all at that time the tool to measure to rate uh, the whole process, it was during the journey, during the technical development, that they uh, imagined they worked on a way to rate the from the geographic um, uh, loc- location uh, to the material and uh, the transport uh, the each component had to to um, to to do this um, and they um, they mixed all that uh, digits to um, reach uh, the, the the to make a result in fact it was a scientific way uh, with math to uh, to say to measure how more sustainable because a completely sustainable watch is not possible how more sustainable um, this watch would be we need in fact we need scientific criteria some things we can measure but you know ironically there is plenty of other details and things we do also which are not be um, uh, measurable i can give you some example if you know uh, if you want uh, a bit later so um, the um, sustainable report let's say just reports uh, the measurable um, part of the the sustainability of the whole process Yes. So, a devil's advocate question for you. It's like somebody who has great success, a creative person, with the first project, it creates peer pressure Mm -hmm. and pressure on the shoulders to come up with an even grander success the second time or third or follower. Now, you've pushed the envelope on the second one. I think you raised the index of the sustainability on the second watch. Yes. I assume you're very realistic and I know you holistically want to be a catalyst and inspirator for the whole industry to motivate them to join you in the movement. Mm-hmm. You definitely don't do greenwashing. You even hate or despise that word, I think, or the concept behind greenwashing. But right? I, you know, it's very complicated to talk about environment, in fact, because the it depends on 
with who you are talking about that kind of things it depends on your culture where you are living on earth uh, what's your job if you have one what's your um, even your religion the your uses your daily uh, moves you know so each person will have a different opinion and a different view of what is sustainability or not so that's why we thought that it was uh, very pragmatic to uh, have digits to prove what we do but we also tell uh, we can tell a lot of other things we do to make it more sustainable and i'm i don't want to be uh, considered as a prophet let's say uh, um But if uh, that kind of uh, move could uh, inspire a bit more an industry which is very difficult to uh, to shake, uh, a very traditional industry, I would I would be happy about that. For example, I would love to uh, take with me in this journey uh, uh, movement manufacturers, you know, to be around a table, to sit around a table with them, and to to try to find what can be done to make the components production more sustainable in terms of energy, of chemicals, of uh, materials, of everything. But I don't, I don't want to carry, you know, the flame, <laughs> the, the, the fire of a message. Uh, no, not at all. I think, I think, like it or not, the watch industry, as many other industries, We'll have to face some uh, some topics about environment, so pollution for sure, uh, but the the scarcity of uh, energy resources and uh, also materials, for example. So, like it or not, we all will have to face it. I agree, and this show is not meant to sell, push, or promote ourselves, mm -hmm. but Guido actually pushed the both of us to write an open letter. Yes. To the industry. So we kindly invite our listeners to, if you're into this topic, to read that open letter. We would actually would love your feedback on it. Call BS, criticize us, uh, give your feedback, criticism, whatever. We would love to hear any feedback because we, especially I'm not, but you're not a green warrior. You're very realistic. And although you say you don't want to carry the flame, I think you should, but <laughs> the industry needs role models um and 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 apparently nobody's standing up because it actually shocked me that it took up until only two years ago to use recycled steel gold is done for example chopar <clears throat> took a lead on that that all their precious metal watches and jewels i think they announced that three or four years ago were ethically mined responsibly sourced gold which is chapeau for me to Chopin. Um, a few... There, there's many reasons for that, I think. You know, stainless steel is not as precious as gold or platinum. So? So it's the very first reason, I think. You know, stainless steel is already uh, usually uh, between uh, 60 and 80% recycled because we don't have enough, in fact, uh, to uh, to feed the, the whole uh, industry uh, Uh, buildings, uh, cars, uh, everything which uh, every field that needs a lot of uh, of stainless steel. So stainless steel is already um, partially recycled, but 
That's true. We were the first project to use 100% recycled. And I have a, a nice anecdote to tell about that. Because I met uh, the guys from Tissen Group mm -hmm. who allowed us to uh, use that alloy for the first time. Uh, I met them last summer and I discovered by talking with them that, uh, you know, I thought at first that by chance we were the first to use it because it was ready when we asked. But no, it wasn't ready. They had already um, 98% recycled stainless steel. So then you have 2%, you have to, there's some additive and things like this to make the alloy. <clears throat> and ThyssenKrupp has a Swiss laboratory to make research and development. And so the guys at the laboratory, they thought it was fun to work on watches because it was the first time they had that kind of topics. And uh, the, the, the project, the, the purpose of the project, it, it simply talked to them. So they decided to make it just for CB. I mean, I was very surprised because I didn't even know that they worked in the shadow without telling me it's us. So I like this kind of uh, humble posture. Um, and I was very pleased and honored to discover that I, uh, CB was the very first uh, to use that alloy, but the, the, the alloy was developed for CB. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know that. I do think they branded it pure steel and they spelled it with capital P, this small U, capital R, small E, and then capital yes. steel. Yeah. So the RE stands for recycled. Exactly. But I Googled it recently. It was very difficult to find something. Because so, it's brand new. It was yeah. made just for CB. But uh, for sure, uh, you know, Tissen Group is a big uh, uh, group. So they will probably offer this uh, this alloy also, also to other brands. Because it's, it's you know, it's more, it's more, it's it's nice. It's funny to have watches. You know, usually these people, they work for very heavy industries. Mm. So uh, it's, it's, it's kind of fun for them to, to work on such topics. But for mm -hmm. sure, you will you will see more 100% recycled metals, not only stainless steel, mm -hmm. in the future. Yeah, so some of the listeners know that I'm crazy about titanium. So I'll save you time, guys, the time to send me the question. Yes, I asked, <laughs> when is uh, Cedric making titanium watches? His answer was resolute and easy. It was a rhetorical question. When there is recycled titanium? So then my follow-up question was, when can we expect that? And you said, sooner than we think. Well, maybe it will depend on uh, what um, values I will stand for, to be honest. Because uh, even if uh, recycled stainless steel or titanium are more sustainable than a new one, it still requires a lot of energy, especially titanium, sometimes chemicals also. It's a complex uh, process to, uh, and, and, and it has a cost of, in fact, every human activity has consequences. So recycling titanium has for sure consequences, even if it's less than um, extracting more material to make titanium. So I, I don't think I would make a huge series of titanium watch, uh, but for sure, if the opportunity um, is there, yes, uh, I would like to, to try to do something because uh, I, I also like titanium because it's, it's very, uh, I like the color, I, uh, I like the weight for, for sure. It's very comfortable to, to wear. And you know, it's, it's just like it, uh, you told a, a, a bit earlier that <clears throat> 
there is a lot a hundred percent sustainable watch is not possible and i'm realistic i know that i will not be able always to reach uh, such a good uh, score in the sustainable uh, report that we we created because for example if you uh, take a um, simple three hands date watch uh, manual movement for example and a chronograph you know the chronograph is obviously less sustainable than the 300 watches because there is many more components in the movements there is pusher there are pushers there are more hands yeah you know so it's it's a whole uh, logical uh, path we have to explore before telling uh, why it is more sustainable why it is not and or why it is a little bit less than the pre the previous one i mean <clears throat> we will probably not be able to uh, go beyond the limits we established with the previous one so that being said does that mean you automatically rule out there won't be a chronograph no not especially but it's it was just to explain that uh the the this score mm -hmm. will be different um according to what is the watch exactly according to the movement to the crystal to the material and so on it will always be more sustainable than an, the the equivalent watch in mm -hmm. the swiss watch industry mm -hmm. Um, but it will, it won't be always the same. Yes. So, so we will have to play with, if, you know, for example, to make, uh, colors on the dial, mm -hmm. we will have to, um, to ask for a dial maker to make it. So, and use some, um, uh, processes we are, uh, we don't use today. Yeah. But we will, in, in, in the end, it will be always far more sustainable than, uh, an average, uh, Yeah, so that watch. so that explains a lot. You basically don't take your own bar as the threshold, and therefore limit you. You just want to push the average of the industry up and yes. do better than the average to jack up the average or the mean. Exactly. It's not a competition. No. It's not about that. It's about uh, pushing people to question about the processes, about the materials, and about the way they want to to see the industry evolve. And I, I don't do that as a vocation, you know. Uh, I need a job, like mm -hmm. everyone. So I try to do my job uh, as a more sustainable, uh, in a more virtuous way. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I as sustainable, uh, environmental topics, are, are, I, I feel connected to that kind of uh, topics. I thought that it was the best way to try to do my job in, in a more virtuous way. That's amazing and noble. So how did you jack up your index, your sustainability index, by 2.3 times compared to the average? You mentioned already recycled steel. That yeah. did a lot. Guido explained <clears throat> that. But for those that never heard that episode or not aware with raising the bar in sustainability in the watchmaking industry, what else helped you jack up that index so much? <clears throat> well... Basically, for example, we we removed the packaging. Okay. It sounds a bit simple and a bit uh, idiot, but <laughs> in fact, packagings usually are a case uh, boxes we <clears throat> put away in a in a cabinet, and that's it. So it it has no purpose. It has no use. So we removed that in 
but we know that some for some people it it has um, the even the packaging uh, has a, a value mm-hmm. i mean you know when when it's a, it's a gorgeous uh, box with uh, noble materials and things like this but the cb watches are not made to be sold like uh, like this uh, we uh, removed also we cancelled the all the um, dial making processes by making our dial uh, in house so it's um it's um cutting and yeah i need to cut here because i don't i am not able to find the word the, the galvanic okay okay let's go fine so rob you need to edit here you'll start from <coughs> you'll say so um you we we cancelled all the the dial making processes um because it requ- requires uh, a lot of uh, chemicals and a lot of energy so the galvanic processes are out of the of our league um and we for example we use laser engraving for uh, the the dial for the back also the case back and uh, in that uh, process we removed the acid with which uh, the parts that just are engraved has to be cleaned with um, and we do it with a high pressure steam so you know there is plenty of little details that people cannot know and cannot see um, but there are hundreds of little things like this that we we try to um, to imagine, to rethink, to uh, rework, uh, in order to uh, increase the sust- or to lower the impact, the environmental impact of the this watch production. Also, for example, the the the, the, the shippings are made in uh, card- recycled card box um, boxes. Um, we don't have any papers. I mean, it's only the invoice, which is online. Um, is enough to um, to for the, the the identity of the watch at the moment. The straps we offer are made are handmade by uh, Marco Lazzaroni, an artisan which is uh, who is uh, established nearby the factory with repurposed leather. I mean, it it come from um, um, in, uh, rendering industries, um, like many other leathers for shoes, for example. Uh, the, all the glues that he uh, uses are based on water. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stitchings are linen. And, um, well, as you know, there is many, many things like this. The only components we have absolutely no um, skills on uh, are the movements, in fact, the crystals also and the hands. But for the rest, we can push people to find solution. So... For our listeners, by I just want to explain a bit the implication of not using the galvanic processes for the dial, for example, leads to a very unique signature DNA in design for you because you call them naked dials. Mm -hmm. So for those that are less familiar, 99% of dials in the watchmaking industry are from brass. And they're always lacquered, galvanized... um, Etc. So 
by taking this point of view and his strategy, Cedric Bellon watches Yuji are brushed, satinated, steel dials, so they're the same color and style of the case. So it gives a very yes. cool ton uh, ton tono on tono vibe um, on on the CB01 that that he and I both are rocking today. His first watch, the hands are naked brass. Exactly. So it's a goldish color, but they don't even have lacquer, right? No, nothing. Will they oxidate? Will they oxidate? Patina, the patinate? They already are. Patinated. No, they already are oxidate. Yeah. Uh, uh, Because, uh, in fact, when you you put brass in the air, the oxygen immediately oxidized the the, the surface. But once it's made, this surface protects... The, the underneath layer. so it won't move but in the end you will see at uh, some uh, the, S- some small details it looks like Spotting. some flaws yeah. yes exactly uh, at the beginning but in fact it's a patina yeah and it's natural so don't touch it it's just like this yeah so that's amazing and will the steel behave differently is it 316 l recycled yes. steel yes it is. so it doesn't behave differently no then then non-recycled steel Exactly. And steel doesn't really patinate. It no. doesn't discolor. It's color fixed and uh, yes. it's hard. Would you... Uh, yesterday we were jamming and brainstorming over dinner and, and beers. I daydreamed. I said, oh, how amazing would be your watch in a full matte gold dial? Huh. I didn't ask you, would you make a full recycled gold watch? I would love to. You would? Yeah, yeah. If it makes sense for CB also, because you know, uh, as a as a brand, um, maybe people will, would not be um, uh, able to or, or would not uh, desire um, gold watch, a solid gold watch uh, with a CB logo on it. I mean, because today, I would wear to, one. To, yes, but today <laughs> it's 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 uh, let's say it's a very uh, affordable watch. Brand. So um, uh, I don't know if uh, I need a, ne- a very established brand uh, used to make high-end watches to sell uh, gold, I, solid gold watches. I beg the differ. And if our listeners also beg the differ, definitely raise your voice, please. Um, <laughs> because the gap between the price of a solid gold yeah, watch and a stainless steel one is, uh, is huge. Yes, okay. But that parameter is done in every brand spectrum. So mm. that's irrelevant. Um, that's your modesty, I think, talking. But um, okay, let me continue daydream. Now, you in your report have a beautiful pie chart cut in three and the word proximity jumps out for me. Mm-hmm. You just touched upon the, the leather maker. I think it's called Vicuspele. Vicuspele, yes. You can check uh, his Instagram. He makes uh, absolutely uh, stunning um, hand, uh, bags or uh, wallets and things like this. Um, it's spelled V-I-C-U-S-P-E-L-L-E, right? Exactly. One C, right? One C, two L. Yeah. So I I, I love these uh, straps as well. Um so yes, you're right. Uh, the local aspect is very important because transport <clears throat> is uh, a huge part of the energy spent to uh, manufacture something. Uh, the globalization um, made it possible. I mean, to 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 make uh, to manufacture uh, components of. Uh, 
any item in different part of the world. And due to this uh, easy access on uh, with a cheap energy, um, oil, I mean, we we were used to uh, to ask suppliers uh, every uh, everywhere around the world. But if you um, cut the transport and you bring it back uh, to the factory or just around the factory, so let's say Switzerland because it's a small country, it already uh, helped a lot to decrease the environmental impact. So the local aspect is very important for us. Yes, and we will push to find uh, more and more suppliers uh, able to do the, the the parts, the components we need locally. Is everything Swiss made in CB watches? Yes. You don't even communicate that, I think, because the ruling for Swiss made is only 60%. <laughs> you know, as, as case manufacturers, uh, my partners, uh, they, they, they have to push, in fact, the, the, the fact that they're able to, to, to produce cases locally. So, um, yes, yeah. Okay. Now, you said no movements are made today sustainable. That's your dream. You communicate that they're repurposed calibers. What does that mean? And explain what consequence that has. Because the watch I'm wearing today has a different caliber yes. than my second watch I ordered and didn't get delivered yet. So the CB01 GMT mm-hmm. and our iteration, the collab, is not out yet. Maybe when this episode airs, it is or isn't. It's a different movement, but not because you wanted a different caliber. You couldn't, right? Exactly. Please explain. Um, I... It's another part of the more sustainable mindset we try to have. Um, when you order for a batch of movement, usually you 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 are at the origin of a new production or part of a new production of brand new production movements. So we wanted to avoid that because uh, we wanted. I I, li- I kind of like this sailor. Uh, mindset, you know, when you are sailing around uh, around the world, you are doing with what is on board only because you have no more on board. So you do with 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 what you have at hand. That was the idea. As uh, watch manufacturers, my partners, they have some stocks of movement already. So instead of using new movements and to uh, to 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 make uh, the diva and saying you know I want that kind of movement, uh, we simply had a look on what was already in stock, unused, and uh, and we only have to uh, use these movements, um, which is much more sustainable. In fact, it, we the, the the topic the purpose was to repurpose them. So we had sometimes to refurbish some, but uh, they are modern movements. Don't worry about the reliability, accuracy, and so on. And uh, we will try to do it uh, every time we can. We cannot every time because sometimes there is no uh, no movement in stock. But uh, it's also you know repurposing things. We try to repurpose also tooling, you know, to machine. For example, the design uh, and the technical design were made to avoid a lot of machining and to machine the less possible and the less material possible. The finishes to be easy to make because the more time you spend on finishes, 
obviously you spend a, you you waste a lot of energy no it's not a waste but you, you know what i mean so it's less efficient yeah yes yeah, less yeah. efficient so that's it and what i really really love about you and your philosophy is the sustainability aspect is in every fiber of your being and your dna and your brand dna that i understood a lot of your production gets delayed Today, in the post-COVID world, that's normal. But you really do not want stuff produced for your brand individually and separately. You always want to run in a production run. So you go in the slipstream, right? So And to reduce energy. So so batches are produced. You, you don't create separate production <clears throat> runs. You, no, no, you no, really no. want it we, to run with other productions and bundle... And cost efficient, energy efficient, so you don't care that things take longer. No, angels no, no. need to be patient. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> sorry for that, people. That um, we we don't want to rush uh, because we want to sell first. We want to to offer watches that are well made uh, and that. Uh, that are consistent in what we are telling because uh, it will be uh, very common to uh, listen to uh, a lot of shades of green about the storytelling of brands, not only in watchmaking, uh, in the coming years. So um, in order to avoid that, uh, we prefer to take our time and to do things uh, step by step, but to do them properly. Amazing. So, to get back to the repurposing of movements, the CB01 had an X amount of 100 calibers. Therefore, the CB01, the initial skin diver mm -hmm. type case with a bezel, is not produced anymore? No. With the sub-seconds at the 12 o'clock position, for example, because it was Dubai Duprat calibers? Yes. Finished. Therefore, the watch is not there. It's not per se a limited edition watch. In the GMT version of the CB01, it's SOPOD. Yes, it is. Yeah. And there's more access to these calibers? Yes, but I guess the stock is was uh, was larger, but uh... Yeah. So, I always use the metaphor of a cook. Do you start with a recipe, write out your shopping list and go get the ingredients mm -hmm. or like the real <clears throat> chefs, they go by seasons, yeah. see what's in their cupboard and then whip up a meal? with the ingredients at hand, which is actually more creative. So kudos to you. Um, That's more like this. Yes. Because once we have the movements, we, we know that we will have to work like with this movement. Yeah, that's your framework. Yeah. yeah. Which is rare, I guess, in uh, oh, in the industry. But well, you know, it's often brands have stock of movements. So when I work for brands, they, they tell me, you have to make a... Uh, um, a watch based on this mm. movement. Yeah, well, that's that's not, the that's not so rare, but yeah. uh, usually they 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 want to um, to build collections with different kind of movements. Uh, the CB collections, well, let's let's call it a collection, uh, is built uh, because of the movements, not because of the marketing. Yeah, but you limit your success because the CB01, I think, is a grand success. Did it ex surpass your expectations initially? Yes. Yes. And I am not surprised why. I thought, but you, it, 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 I thought it would be a one-shot. You know? Yeah. But you basically... And we already are talking on the third watch. Yeah. yeah and, but your nobleness of 
doing everything from the primary reason of sustainability, you limited your own success, basically. You're yes, a victim but, of your own strategy. Yes, but I, I think uh, we won't regret it because um, as long as we are uh, coherent, consistent with, with what we are saying and producing, yeah. we will not – it would be, it would be uh, rewarding yeah. at some point. Yeah, so I'm sorry. I'm, I'm super excited, as you guys noticed, about Cedric, his brand, his watches, and his whole mission and vision. And strategy. Um, I, I, I have a zillion more questions. And actually, I think you should come back on, on the show. And if you guys agree, please hit us up to re-invite Cedric. Um, a few more questions. Uh, I, I'm shooting out of the hip. Um, your favorite watch you ever designed that's not yours? That you can talk about? <gasps> There are so many of them. So shoot. <gasps> Let's pick up the pace. I, I spend... Um... A long time with my with my submariner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you didn't design the sub. No, no, of course. Okay, but the submariner you you but you'd love as a design. Yes, because it's it was one of the most accurate, comfortable, uh, well proportioned, and uh, and and precise watch I have ever owned. And it's uh, it's also a symbol. You know, it's very it's very classical as a as an icon. But uh, the watch itself didn't change a lot uh, in in 50 years, mm -hmm. you know. And Do you that's, think that's good that's or bad rare. as a designer? That it's very good. It's very good because it means that the watch was made um, on purpose and with uh, a, a lot of consistency. I mean, it was one of the mother of the tool watches, yes. the stereotype tool watches. Yeah. And um, in fact... A design able and a function able to uh, have to live that long, I think it's a good point. And it's uh, somewhere something very sustainable because it's durable in the literal sense of the word. And you can keep on fixing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because it's another aspect. Yes, you know the first series of the CB01 was made to be uh, even all the case components can be made with a basic, a standard uh, watchmaking tooling. Yeah. If you have to re to redo, a, and that's why you chose for a skin diver case. Yes, because it's very simple. It was popular, and and uh, and uh, and I'm very comfortable. And with a mono block ish. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's 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 less parts, guys. Um, but I asked you the one you designed, not the one you owned. The one I designed. Uh, it's very hard to mention a questions. few. Well, I have uh, Bernard is in my heart, in fact, because it's a it's a very long collaboration, and we we know each other. Uh, we I like to work with these people over there because they are the nice people. It's almost like a, a family, you know. It's a, it's a, it's a it's a very human scale brand. So Bernard is yes, I I actually. A watch I would never wear because it's too big for me, but I uh, I like a lot. It's all the series of uh, skull watches mm. <laughs> I mm. did with them because they are so unexpected. Um, I remember the first brief was to make a pirate watch, you know, and uh, putting that uh, skull into a square case, a square shaped case, it looked like a pirate flag. So it was the, 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 the point uh, 
from where we started. It's the, for our listeners, the BR-03. And then Skull... It was, the, it was the 01 at that oh, time. 01, yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. Very sorry. big. 46. Three is smaller. Yeah. 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 So Three the B01 is the big 46 millimeters. Yeah. And then the B03 is the smaller version. Just type Skull, many limited editions. We sold many in brass, uh, uh, sorry, bronze, uh, steel, etc. And then and today the collection is is it, it, the watch looks like a stealth uh, stealth uh, aircraft, yeah, and with facets you know everywhere yeah. and the so, screws. It's cool. Did you work on the collection the, evolved with? Uh, and and my uh, current favorite Belarus, the old ones were the uh, we discussed that the old vintage inspired ones, but since the BR05 came out, mm-hmm. that's my favorite Belarus. Did you work on that? I, I worked on that with the with the the whole team. Yeah, it's always a collective work uh, at Belarus. You know, there's never uh, the work. The results of the work is never um, the dependent to one people. Bruno Bellamich, the the co-owner and co-founder of the brand, is um, is leading the creative uh, department, and uh, so his vision. Um, Leads us to uh, to make to to make the designs and to develop it uh, to develop them with him. He's amazing. heading the, the all the creativity of the brand. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Still family on the family run. Chanel has a small stake, but it's really yeah it's, a it's private still, company still. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the the creators are still the owners, so yeah. it's yeah. Uh, it's and very rare owners, to, yeah. to yeah brands like this are very rare. Today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very cool. They actually have a bit of a pirate spirit. So skull watches make sense. <laughs> yeah. um, we're nearing the one hour. Um, maybe one outro question. What brand, if you can daydream, would you love to work with or for or design their watches besides your own? Maybe yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm not a watchmaker yet. I, I do a lot of collabs. I daydream of, of doing a watch brand. We, we are honored to do a lot of collabs, but a, a established watchmaker. Well, you have the the proper word because I would love not to work with a brand, but more with a watchmaker, an independent watchmaker, Ooh. able to make uh, almost an entire watch uh, by hand. Kari um, Wutilainen, maybe. Uh, you know, I met also... Um, some there is plenty of young watchmaker you can see the work on uh, on the social media today um but i w- i would love to work for uh, uh this uh, tiny world of almost perfection nothing is perfect artisanal, but, uh, artisanal yeah, made by hand because everything is digital dedicated to obsolescence sense today so being able to work a material by hand which is very concrete it's for real and it connects your wrist to some to one of the rare items you can own today and which don't require electricity or oil to function it's it's quite rare so I like this. Uh, I'm a man of product, you know, because it's my job. It's my uh, expertise today. I'm not a materialist guy. I mean, but uh, I like the the objects for itself when it has a function. For example, there's no decoration in my home. There's nothing on the wall, because every uh, furniture or uh, item in the in the house can be used for something. It has a function because the function itself usually has its own beauty, I think. You know, uh, manual tools, 
which were uh, some of my inspiration to start this project, I mean, for the mindset, not especially for the design, are very inspiring because they are usually made with noble materials, with durable materials, and they are, you know, a hammer, a knife, a pencil, uh, uh, an axe. You know, immediately, what is it made for? I mean, the, the design, the shape of it talks and tells, uh, I am an axe, I am a pencil, I am a knife, I am, uh, you have to use me that way to, to do that. And it's a single function. Today, you know, uh, the, the, the simpler, uh, the simplest advice is able to, to make thousands of things. So, uh, I re, and, and, you know, these hand tools, you can use them after generations of users. So it's very interesting, and I think it's a very sustainable way to think uh, in order to produce uh, items able to be used after generations of people. Durable, in fact. Really durable. Anti-single-use throwaway culture. Yes. Kari Vutelainen, if you didn't hear this episode and you know him, send him this episode. <laughs> If you want us to introduce you, Rob and I are more more than glad to introduce you. Young watchmakers, you want us to connect you. Reach out. You want to contact Cedric directly. <laughs> you don't even need us. He's a lovely chap. I vouch for him. Um, merci, mon ami. Thank you, Alan. Thank, Thank you. you very much for having me. Um, it was a pleasure. I hope you, dear listeners, have enjoyed this episode as much as I've been the last hour. Thank you for listening. If you like what we do, please hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player. And we love, love, love to hear your feedback, not only for our weekly Q&A episodes. Keep those questions coming in for our mailbag. You can reach RobNuds on Instagram at R-O-B-N-U-D-D-S or by email rob at therealtime.show. You can reach me on Instagram at A-L-O-N-B-E-N. J-O-S-E-P-H and obviously also by email alon, A-L-O-N at therealtime.show 